Up next, a message from Victory Life Church of Milton. John 14, verse 27. This is kind of our home base for what we're going to be talking about today. John 14 and verse 27. Peace I leave with you. How's that sound to you guys this morning? Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you, not as the world gives, do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. So this is what Jesus Christ has for us, church. He has peace for us. When all around us looks like sinking sand, when all this craziness is going on in our world, God says, I got peace for my people. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Now, seriously, guys, kind of what we're focusing on today is those those heart-crushing moments that none of us like, that none of us want to ever have to go through, okay? Yes, we're talking about trials, tribulations, hard times, trouble at work, stuff like that, financial issues. That's all wrapped up in this, okay? But looky here. We're taking it a step further. We're talking about those heart-crushing moments, okay? And we've either had them or you will have them. So now is the time for us to be prepared. Can I get a witness? Okay. This isn't, this isn't Paul. This is the Word of God. And I pray that I will be able to deliver it in a way that is encouraging and a blessing to all of us through the whole guidance of the Holy Spirit. John 14 and verse 27. Peace I leave with you. Now, see, here's the deal. We live in this world where bad things are going to happen. And that's just a simple fact of the matter, right? We live in this world where we get the phone call in the middle of the night that we never want to hear. We get the bad news from the doctor. Um, we lose loved ones. Things like that are going to happen in this world. Matter of fact, John 16 and verse 33, it should be on your bulletin. Check this out with me. I have said these things to you. This is Jesus Christ. This is Jesus Christ talking to his disciples, okay? I have said these things to you that in me, where, where does our peace come from, church people? Okay, because there is that outside peace. There is that worldly peace, and we're going to touch on that briefly uh, in a minute. But see, Jesus Christ wants us to have peace. Right now, he's telling us, you're going to have tribulation. You're going to have trials. Just like Job said last week, you know, just like the sparks from the fire go up into the sky, we're going to have hard times. We live in this world where crazy things happen, okay? And like I said, I'm not even talking about the craziness in the news. That's part of it, okay? I'm not talking about the fact that the people on the news might just be lying to you, okay? I'm not talking about that. that but that's part of it. That's part of it. But I'm talking about those moments, man, where you feel like you, the air has left your lungs, when you feel like you've been punched in the chest, when you feel like all hope would be lost without Jesus Christ, okay? Peace I leave with you, my peace. John 16 and verse 33, look at it with me. I have said these things to you, Jesus, talking to his disciples, encouraging his disciples, and encouraging Victory Life Church right now. I have said these things to you that in me, see, that's where our peace comes from. So we have to get our minds off of this, well, uh, this certain person, if I can talk to him, peace, this certain, this certain 
group of folks or all these things that we run to. If I can just get this, if I can just acquire these things, then my world will be all right. That's not true. That's not true. Our peace comes from the Most High God. Amen? I have said these things to you that in me, in Jesus Christ, you may have peace. So what has Jesus Christ told us, church people? We got a whole book of it right here. So, the phone rings in the night. Something crazy happens. Okay. We can barely stand up. We don't know what's going on. Okay. I got this word of God. Now listen, I have said these things to you, not Paul. But what has the word of God said to you, Brother McClary? I have said these things to you that in me you may have peace. So if you want peace... If you want peace, we got to remember what Jesus has told us. So that's why we stay in the Word of God. That's why we stay in the Word of God. So, so we have that Word of God right there in the back of our mind, right there in the back of our heart. So when that crazy thing happens, we can stand on the Word of God. Amen? I have said these things to you that in me you may have peace. You know, like when Jesus says, uh, when Jesus says, uh, he blesses those who mourn, for they will be comforted. How about that one? I don't like mourning, but if I'm mourning, I sure want to be comforted. Amen? Or, or that he is close to the brokenhearted. Okay? He is close to the brokenhearted, and he saves those who have been crushed in spirit. Think about that. He's saying you may be in a situation where you feel like your spirit has been crushed where you feel like all hope would be lost without Jesus Christ. But he says, hey, I'm running to you. I'm running to you during that time. Give him some praise. That in me you may have peace. Jesus is telling us these things. I have said these things to you. Okay. The word of God. We have, we have what we need right here in the word of God. Aren't you glad? Aren't you glad that we live in a country where we can have one of these, that we can have a Bible? There's a lot of places in this world where it's a pretty much a death sentence. If you're caught with one of these, you'll just disappear. They'll take you to a camp so they can re-educate you, but they don't really re-educate you. Some, a lot of times you just don't come back. You know what I mean? Uh, we live in a world where this is illegal in a lot of places. We live, we live in a world where if somebody has a couple verses written down, they're stoked about that. We live in a world where if somebody has a, a page ripped out of the Bible and they can keep it close to their heart, they rejoice over that. And we can, have, we can literally have as many of these as we want. But you know what's sad? Is, you know, we've probably all got them. we all probably got a couple few around the house at least. But how many times do we open it? We got to get into this word. Amen. This is life, man. This is sharper than a two-edged sword. This book is alive. It makes some amazing promises, and it keeps those promises. So when it says, I have said these things to you, we need to know what he has said to us. Can I get a witness? Give him some praise. Thank you, Jesus. I have said these things to you that in me you may have peace. Listen to this. In the world, this is where we're at right now, in the world, you will have tribulation. So Jesus is uh, just laying it all out there. If anybody ever told you once you get saved, it's a cakewalk, that's not true. See, Jesus makes it very clear, man. 
very, very clear. Life is hard. Life is rough. Life is tough. Life is unfair. But God is good. God is good. In the world, you will have tribulation. But take heart. I have overcome the world. That verse right there, that's a stick of dynamite, man. That is a stick of dynamite, man. If we can grab a hold of that verse and just hold it close to our hearts, man. Check this out. I'm going to read it real fast. I'm going to read it in pig Latin. I'm not really going to read it in pig Latin. I have, <laughs> I have said these things to you that in me, in Jesus Christ, you may have peace. In this world, in the world, you will have tribulation, but take heart. Be courageous. Be bold. But take heart. I have overcome the world. Jesus Christ has defeated Satan. At the cross of Calvary, Jesus Christ defeated Satan. Okay? What's that got to do with the price of tea in China? What's that got to do with me? Jesus is saying the battle has been won. The victory is ours. Amen? We're winners, man. We're winners. Okay, so Jesus is saying, look, Jesus is saying, I went through some messes. I went through some hard times, but guess what? I did the heavy lifting for you, okay? I took on your punishment. I took on the penalty for your sins so you can have peace. Amen? Okay, let's go back to our main verse. Peace I leave with you. Okay, so that's good news. That's great news. If I'm in a situation where I need peace, that's wonderful news. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. See, Jesus is talking to his disciples, and he's saying, guys, some crazy things are about to happen, okay? And I'm going to be going away. I'm going to be going away. But don't let your hearts be troubled. Don't be full of fear. And see, the disciples, man, man, you can just imagine how how just, how can I word this? They were, okay, they were confused and they were heartbroken because they had a plan for Jesus Christ. They had a plan that they had for their life, and it involved Jesus Christ. They thought Jesus Christ was going to roll into Jerusalem, and he did. And they thought, man, things are about to get awesome. All the nights sleeping on the cold wilderness ground with Jesus, going through all the ministries, walking all these untold miles are about to pay off because we're going to go into Jerusalem and he's going to kick out the Romans and it's going to be just like the time when King David ruled. It's going to be awesomer than that because I'm going to be in the ruling party, man. I'm going to be part of this big thing. Okay. They had their own plan. Okay. You see, God has a plan. So sometimes in our life, a lot of times in our life, man, things do not go the way that we think they should go, you know? But God says, hey, take heart, be courageous, okay? I've got a plan. God has a plan. And we say with our hearts, with our mouths, we give them that sacrifice of praise, God, your will be done. Give them some praise, church. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. So we're going to have troubles in this world. That goes without saying. The ungodly, the unsaved, the unrepentant, they have troubles and trials. Well, they have troubles. They have hard times. 
the Christian, we have trials too. But see, we have God with us. We have God with us. That's all the difference in the world. You know, Moses, Moses was talking to God the Father, all right? And God was pretty upset with the children of Israel. And he's like, he was like, you know what, Moses? This is what we're going to do. You guys go ahead and go that way, and I'll send an angel with you. Yeah. You guys will do all right, but I'm stepping back, all right? And Moses is like, no, no. No, 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 no. That's what separates us from the rest of the world is you going with us. We are nothing without you. Okay? But see, we can handle anything that God allows us to go through through Jesus Christ. Amen? Jesus Christ paid for you to have peace. Okay. Numero uno. That's, that's Espanol. We're going to have troubles. But check this out. Jesus Christ says, my peace... I leave with you, not like the world has, but my peace I leave with you. And see, that is accessible for every single Christian person. Can I get a witness? That is, that is for all of us, okay? I'm not talking about the people that put a certain amount of money in the offering plate. I'm not talking about a certain amount of people that feed the needy. I'm talking about people that love Jesus Christ, people that have accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. There's some amazing privileges for us. Okay, now check this out. Isaiah 55, um, Isaiah 53 in verse 5. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Isn't that good news? Isn't that good news that Jesus Christ paid for us to be saved? Okay, we're the ones that broke the law. We're the ones that are sinners. But Jesus Christ paid for our salvation. Give him some praise. But see, a holy God, a God of justice, had to be satisfied. That sin debt had to be paid. God's holy judgment had to be poured out on somebody. And the only person that could satisfy was God himself. The only person that could satisfy God himself was God himself. I'm saying the only way that the whole world could be saved was through the shed blood of Jesus Christ. And that satisfied God the Father. Okay, so you're blessed. Okay, I hope, you have, I hope you have plenty of food in the fridge. I hope you have plenty of gas in the tank. But if you don't, I'm telling you, if you got Jesus, you're blessed. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace. That's the verse I really want to, that's the part of the verse I really want to uh, kind of focus in on, man. Okay. He paid for my salvation. He paid for my sins to be forgiven, but he also paid for me to have peace. Peace to where I never have to worry about what's going to happen to me when I die. What a wonderful feeling. I'm, I, I, do, I do a lot of funerals. I do, I'm around a lot of people that get very sick, you know. And see, so you think about death a little bit, you know, when you're around it a little bit. And see, here's the dealio, man, is a, uh, it's a wonderful feeling to not have to fear that. Because you remember when the, the whole corona thing hit, and, man, there was two, well, there kind of still is, but there's two types of people in this world. The people that were just freaking out, man. This is the end. People that were freaking out. And then there were people that just had peace. All right? See, we don't have to worry about what's going to happen to us. We don't have to worry about that because God has peace for me. He has paid for me to have peace. And I don't have to worry about what's going to happen when I take my last breath, man. 
What an amazing, wonderful thing to know. Okay. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace, but also it's talking about not just that peace between me and God now, where I'm no longer at enmity with my creator, but I have peace in my heart, that I can have peace in my heart. Jesus Christ paid for me to have peace in my heart that no matter what comes on this world, no matter what kind of phone call I get, no matter what's going on, what the doctor says, I can have peace. Amen? Upon him, let me read the whole verse. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace. And with his wounds, we are healed. Isn't that cool? He paid for my body to be healed. Well, Paul, you know, that's, a, that's kind of a slap in my face, man. You know, I saw my loved one die a slow, agonizing death. And you just, you just read this Bible verse that said Jesus Christ paid for my body to be healed. Okay. Well, you know what? I, I saw my father die a slow, agonizing death. I, I did. I did. And you know what? He was believing for his physical healing. But God decided to take them home. And I do believe in miracles, man. I do believe in miracles. I believe in physical healings, uh, spiritual healings. I've had them myself, man. I'm telling you, God's still in the miracle working business. It's not like you need to scratch this part out of your Bible, okay, because he does still do miracles. Okay, I've seen people healed. I've been healed myself of some crazy stuff, man. Okay, but see, that's God's prerogative whether or not he wants to heal you like that or not. Okay, but you can have peace no matter what decision God decides to make. And it's not about how much faith you got in the bucket. Let's just be clear about that. Okay? You think God would be that cruel? You think our God would be that cruel? Oh, he didn't have enough faith. So, Gabriel, go down there and snatch him up. No, it's not like that at all, man. You know, we do need to believe and we need to stand on the word of God. Okay, but God's not going to punish you. God's not going to say, oh, no, no, we're not going to heal you now because you had a little moment of doubt there. Does that make sense? We're talking about sometimes we forget about how much God loves us, man. Okay, but if he chooses not to heal you, okay, it's for a bigger reason, a better reason. It's for something better than we can imagine. Amen. Like uh, uh, my friend Donnie was telling me a few years ago, he was telling me about his wife. And she passed away several years ago. And he, and he said this prayer. It was something like this. In, in, in those crazy moments, he's like, God, heal her or take her home. Heal her or take her home. Anybody ever said prayers like that before? Yeah, I've said prayers like that. And you know what? God answered that prayer. God took her home and God healed her. You know what I mean? If you got a loved one in heaven, man, they're doing just fine. Give them some praise. Seriously, give them some praise. It's exciting. So real fast, God has peace for you. That might not mean nothing to you now, but you might hear some crazy news this evening. All right? We're going to have troubles in this life, but hey, be courageous. Take heart. God paid for us to have peace. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give to you. So there's that worldly peace. So there's this guy in the Bible. His name's Solomon. It's King David's, uh, King David's boy. Now, Solomon was the smartest cat, the smartest man that has ever lived or ever will live. God gave him amazing, amazing wisdom. 
Okay, so if you go to the book of Ecclesiastes, Solomon decides, well, he kind of backslides, really, you know, to be honest with you. He, he says, I'm going to uh, check out every single thing that this world has to offer me. And so we're talking about the king of Israel, Solomon, the king of Israel in its glory days, in the physical, you know what I mean? David had done, did all the fighting. Solomon had peace on every border. He was super, super, super wealthy. He had all this stuff at, at his access. And so Solomon goes out and he tries every single thing that he can get his little hands on. You know what I mean? And he, he documents it for us. He keeps a record for us. Okay? And you, and you know what the, the, uh, the uh, uh, hypothesis is? At the end of it, you know what he says? Everything. It's all vanity. It's all meaningless. Go ahead and get you a couple girlfriends on the side. No, that's not going to bring you peace. Go ahead and uh, get you a couple of them bottles, man, and drink it all the way down and get a little worm out and and chew on it. That's not going to bring peace. Now, these things will have temporary peace, but not lasting peace. Let me make something clear. I'm not telling anyone to go get girlfriends or anything like that. I'm saying the world has its type of peace. And really the type of peace that Jesus is talking about is this fake peace, because what the world has is fake peace. It doesn't last long, okay? So it's really talking about how sentries or guards would enforce peace on the streets. But people were not peaceful in their hearts. They just had to portray like they were peaceful, so the Romans didn't chop them up. You know, they couldn't do anything that the Romans didn't like because there was a Roman on every street corner with a sword. Does that make sense? God's saying, I don't have that kind of peace for you. Not that kind of enforced, fake, superficial peace where you can tell somebody when they ask you, hey, how you doing? And inside, your heart is crushed, but you're going to look at them in the eye and say, all is well. Everything's fine, but inside you're just a mess. God says, no, 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 not that kind of peace. I don't want my people to have that type of peace. He says, I got real peace for you, lasting peace. Can I get a witness? Yeah, get, goodness gracious. Okay. <laughs> no way, man. You got me even making up words. No. Real peace. Okay, Ecclesiastes 12 and verse 8. Meaningless. This is, what, this is what Solomon says after he done did it all. It's like it's meaningless. So you can try whatever this world has to offer to try and numb the pain. It'll numb it for a while, but you're starting to dig a hole, and you're going to get so deep in that hole that it's going to take twice as long to get out of that hole. Amen? Meaningless, meaningless, says the teacher. Everything is meaningless. Solomon's like, this world don't have it. This world cannot give you what you need, man. Amen? Hebrews 12 and verse 2. Now check this out. This is what I need to do. I'm telling you, here's the ticket. As John Lovett said, that's the ticket. Hebrews 12 and verse 2. Nobody got that probably. Mikey got it. Okay. Hebrews 12 and verse 2. Looking to Jesus. Remember Pete? Remember old Pete? 
not Pete down the way at Subway that used to work at Subway. I'm talking about Pete in the Bible, Peter. Remember? But do y'all know Pete, the guy that used to work at Subway? <laughs> He's all right, man. He's a good dude. But anyways, we're not here to talk about that cat. Okay. Now, now Peter, in the Bible, man, remember he was, he was walking on the water. He was really walking on the water, man. Seriously, supernatural stuff, walking on the water. But he was looking to Jesus. He was looking to Jesus. When he started looking at the wind and the waves, he started sinking. But Jesus was right there. Okay? Now, looky here. And Jesus pulled him up. All right. Look, Hebrews 12 and verse 2. Looking to Jesus. You can look to these other things to try and pacify, but they're not really going to do it. And see, when, when we're hurt, when we're scared, there's certain things that we used to run to. We realize that those aren't going to really bring you peace. Okay? We run into the arms of the Lord. Looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of your faith. Yeah, look to Jesus, the guy who died so you could live forever. Look to Jesus, the guy who laid down his life so you could be set free. Look to Jesus, the guy who saved you from eternal damnation. Okay? You can listen to Granny, but she might not have the same wisdom Jesus Christ has. You can listen to your college professor, but he's probably a nutcase. Okay? Looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of your faith, who for the joy that was set before him. Okay, my Lord and Savior, we're almost done. My Lord, my Lord and Savior went through some crazy, crazy tough times. So I can look at him and understand that Jesus actually knows how I feel. He knows how I feel. You know, you feel like you're in a situation. Nobody gets me. Nobody understands me. No one's ever been through a trial like this. Well, even if you were absolutely positively correct, which you probably are not, but we feel very alone sometimes when we're going through certain issues. I get it. I dig it. But what I'm saying is Jesus Christ knows exactly how you feel. That's why we look to him. Because he has left us a template to follow. He has left us an example. Okay? Now, Jesus says, you look to me and look back at what I went through. Okay? It wasn't no easy road for me, man, but I was able to do it because I was leaning on the Father. Okay? You lean on me. Amen? Look at your neighbor and say, lean on me. Everybody, come on. Sister Claudia ain't here. Lean on me. Wing on. There's a couple things we won't talk about. Okay. Who for the joy that was set before him. What? Okay. Bring it back in, church. Hebrews 12 and verse 2. Looking. Yeah, bring it back in, Paul. <laughs> Looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him. Okay. You understand that Jesus had a pretty tough road ahead of him, waiting for him in Jerusalem, but he went ahead and did it anyways because of the joy that was waiting on the other side, on the joy, for the joy that was waiting on the other side, because he knew when he laid down his life that the prophecies were going to be fulfilled. When he laid down his life, all humanity's sins, past, present, and future, would be paid for. And all we had to do was accept what he already did for us. But he said, I'm going to go through this. I'm going to drink of this cup 
because of the wonderful thing that's waiting on the other side of it. Okay, so I'm looking to Jesus. He's the author. He's the perfecter of my faith. He saved my soul. And he says, check this out. Watch. I went through this hard time. Hard time, just more brutal than you could ever possibly imagine. But as I was able to go through it because I saw what was waiting for me on the other side. Amen. Endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. So Jesus Christ, where's Jesus Christ? He's at the right hand of God. He's at mission accomplished. You can just say mission accomplished, man. You know, he did what he was supposed to do. Well, he's still got a lot of stuff to do. There's a lot of promises in this book that still have to take place. But you know what? All the other ones have already taken place, just how he said. So when he says he's coming back, guess what? He's coming back. You know what I mean? So I'm looking to Jesus, man. Put your hand up in there and say, I'm looking to Jesus, man. I'm looking to, looking to Jesus, my heart might be crushed, but Jesus knows how it feels for his heart to be crushed too. To have his buddy, his brother, his compadre, you know, lie about him. Uh, sell him out for 30 pieces of silver, man. How much is the creator of the universe life worth? You can't put a price on that. You can't put a price on, on any human's life. But Jesus Christ, who was the son of God, 100% God, 100% human, was sold out. For 30 pieces of silver. He knows what it feels like to be betrayed. He knows what it feels like to be completely misunderstood, man. The masses of people that followed him did not get him, did not understand what he was doing. His own disciples, as they got into Jerusalem, was like, oh, it's go time now. Jesus is asking, do we have a couple swords? It's about to get real, dog. <laughs> Pete, you ready? Oh, I'm so ready, James. I'm so ready for this. You ready for this? All God's people say, you ready for this? <laughs> Good job, Elmo. Okay, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. So, like, there's this weird thing, man. I read about it a while back where the journalist dude was over in North Korea. And so... He couldn't do anything because he had these guards with him. And they would just take him to the places that uh, the government wanted him to go to, man. And one of the places they took him to was a, a mall. It's like this amazing, beautiful shopping mall in North Korea. And he's like, what the heck is this? I didn't know you guys had these. So he can't do much. But he, but he goes into this mall, and he's like, everybody in there is like in these weird trance. There's like, there's no one shopping at all. No one in there shopping, but there's people behind the counters, and they're all just being real overly sweet and nice and everything. And it's like it's like a shell, man. It was all completely fake. Nothing to do with the story or nothing to do with the service. I just thought, you know, peculiar. <laughs> kind of peculiar how they would do that. You know, it's just because I, I really forget what they had to do with the sermon. But check it out. They have fake shopping malls. Yeah, there you go. Fake piece. Thank you, Sister Dita. It was just a shell. All right. Well, we messed that one up. John 14 and verse 27. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Fake peace. North Korean shopping mall peace. Let not your hearts be troubled. Neither let them be afraid. Going to have troubles. We already know that. 
God paid for me to have peace. God wants me to have peace. Not the fake peace. Now, what does that peace look like? Okay, John 14 and verse 16. And this is, this is just a couple verses above our main verse for today. Jesus is talking to his disciples. He's, try, he's giving them comfort. Okay, he says, I'm, I'm out of here, guys. I'm, I'm not long, and I'm out of here. John 14, 16. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper to be with you forever. That's wonderful. King James doesn't say helper. King James says the comforter. The comforter. Okay. And I will ask the Father, and I will give you, my disciples, Victory Life Church, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another comforter, another helper to be with you forever. So, man, when you go through that crazy time, man, you are not alone. You're not alone, man. I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit is right there. Okay? Remember that verse that it says that a friend sticks closer than a brother and his brother is born for adversity? Maybe you do, maybe you don't. But see, that's, that's talking about God. That's talking about the Holy Spirit. That's talking about Jesus. When times get tough, man, I'm right here with you. I'm closer to you than I've ever been before. Don't run away. Don't get frustrated. Don't get sad. Don't get bitter. Don't get angry. But run to me because I'm running to you. Amen? And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper to be with you forever. John 14, 18. This is beautiful. I'm telling you. Think about this. Get this verse in your heart. John 14, 18. I will not leave you as orphans. You ever felt so alone, man? You ever felt like nobody really knew exactly what you were going through? Okay? Check this out. Jesus says, and Jesus knows. Jesus completely knows, and he cares, and he's committed, and he loves you, and he says, I will not leave you as orphans. You're not alone, okay? Your mom and daddy might not be here with you. Your best friends might not have been what you thought they could have been for you during this situation. The things you put your hope in, they, they, they might not have worked out. But look here. I'm here, man. I'm here. I will never leave you. Look at your neighbor and say, you're blessed. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Isn't that good? So the Holy Spirit's there with me. And that means something, man. That really, really means something. Deuteronomy 31 and verse 6. Be strong and courageous. I don't feel like being strong and courageous. My heart is crushed right now. Be strong and courageous. Do not fear or be in dread of them. For it is the Lord your God who goes with you. Remember, that's what makes us different from the rest of the world. Our God is with us. We have the Holy Spirit with us. Okay? What does that mean, man? It means that what you need to take it another step down the road, to take another step, to get through that day, that God gives you what you need to make it through that next day. Amen? Remember, he's your shepherd. What does a shepherd do? He leads you. He's going before you, okay? He's preparing a way for you. Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. God, did you abandon me? How in the world could you let this happen to me? I serve you. I try and do the right thing. No, let's get one thing straight here, good buddy. I'm not left you. I won't abandon you. Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. Oh, I skipped, I skipped the whole verse. Goodness gracious. 
I get flustered. I'm not even sure if that's the right word. Deuteronomy 31 and verse 6. Be strong and courageous. Do not fear or be in dread of them. For it is the Lord your God who goes with you. He will not leave you or forsake you. No fear. God is with me. Isaiah 41 and verse 10. God gives us what we need. Amen. Let's wrap things up. Isaiah 41 and verse 10. Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. So that's the point I wanted to make. God gives me what I need. God gives me the strength. God provides. God gives me what I need. When all looks lost, when all looks hopeless, God makes a way. Thanks for listening to this message from Victory Life Church. Go to victorylifechurchofmilton.com for more and may God bless you.